At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network, and We've got three absolutely tremendous hours coming up for you as we're going to be serving up both basketballs, college and pro. We're going to be taking a look at what we've all got for the NFC and AFC championship games coming up this week. We've obviously got to take a little bit of a look at what we're all getting down under as well with the Australian Open. I was going to talk just a little bit of Oscars as well. This is going to be a very jam-packed show, and we're going to get it started guest-wise in about 15 minutes with one of our favorites, Tom Cunningham. He does great work over at SPR, a.k.a. Sportsbook Review. He's going to be joining me, and we're in a little bit of everything with him. We're going to be taking a look at trends to be aware of going into the NFC and AFC Championship games. We're going to be taking a look at the Australian Open. We're going to be taking a look at some Oscars and so much more. So that's going to be a lot of fun in 15 minutes. A little bit more NBA chatter coming up in hour number two when we are joined by Eitan Chandler, who does absolutely tremendous work out there on the East Coast. He's based out there in Philadelphia over at Odd Shopper, and we're going to be chatting about that. We're also going to be taking a look at the two games that we've got in the NFL this week to decide who is going to be going to the Super Bowl out here in lovely Las Vegas and so much more. And in terms of your NFL fix, we're really going to get it heated up in hour number three with David Baker. You know that name because he is such a tremendous poker player. I say this every time he comes on the show, and I say it because it's true. Like, whenever I'm watching some sort of a regional sports network, for me, back in my home state of Wisconsin, it would be like Fox Sports Wisconsin. It's now Valley Sports Wisconsin. I would always turn it on, and afterwards, they would air like the World Poker Tour or something like that. And David is on like half of those final tables, the 2020 Westgate Super Contest champion. He's going to help us get set for what is going to be championship round of the NFC and AFC this week. And we're going to take a look back as to what we got over the weekend as well. Some very harebrained results, to say the least. We have not yet seen the shoe drop with regards to any of these NFL coaching moves. We are still very much looking at that. But what was dropping was a whole bunch of points in the NBA on Monday. And I mean, it's a little bit of an indictment on what I've been talking a lot on the show about the last month, whether that be NBA or college. We've been seeing a whole heck of a lot of overs hit, and I'll be talking about those college basketball overs here in a few minutes, but do have to do lip service to the fact that we had two guys put up a 60-plus burger on Monday. One of those broke a record by Wilt Chamberlain. That would be the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid, putting up 70 in the team's win against the San Antonio Spurs. That broke Wilt Chamberlain's franchise record, which, I mean, obviously Wilt was not playing for the 76ers at the time of his 100-point game, or else then you'd be really looking at something, but just an absolutely ridiculous display. And here are the only players in NBA history that have scored more points in a game. Elgin Baylor had that 71-point performance, and then you had David 
Robinson along Donovan Mitchell put up 71. I think Damian Lillard also had a 71 spot. David Thompson had 73. Kobe Bryant, 81. And then obviously you had the Chamberlain, 100 points. And Chamberlain, he got to at least 70 in six different occasions. But I mean, just an absolutely insane display there for the 76ers. They get it done. They get the win. They get the cover by kind of 133 to 123 against a Suns team that it just still hasn't materialized for them. And when it comes to the NBA, I think that we just continue to find out time and time again, these anti-air quotes here, super teams that they put together with a whole bunch of free agents. You need some homegrown talent in there. We shall see how the LA Clippers are going to do because they've honestly been one of the lone exceptions to this. The Clippers, they were able to go out there. They get James Harden. And right now it's looking really, really good. Still do have my question marks moving forward, but that has been an experiment that has been working. But you take a look at these teams that are able to develop from within. Joel Embiid was obviously a part of the process. You've been able to get some really good late first, early second round picks like Tyrese Maxey has really been able to develop for the 76ers team. You're able to go down the list and they've been able to do a solid job. Heck, if you're wanting to take a look on a smaller scale, the Sacramento Kings were sorry for a very, very long time, but they've done a nice job making some shrewd moves, making some better picks because I mean, the Kings had the longest of long times where they were picking in the top 14 every single year and they just never hit with any of their picks. But I do think that that's really the way to go about it in the NBA. But I mean, it's just much of what we've been talking about. The NBA is and basketball in general is becoming much more offensive driven. There aren't a lot of teams that really do want to be hanging your head on defense. Certainly not the NBA college. You still have some of these coaches that they're looking to slow things down to a crawl. When you've got 362 division one teams, you're able to get much more philosophy than you're able to with 30 different teams. But in the NBA, we still have a very massive overrate right now. And when it comes to getting all these overs, you also get the player props that are able to go over as well as, I mean, it's very stark to see in late January right now, the over eight be still right around about 51.5%. It has tapered off a little bit. Certainly what we saw on Monday, that's going to be able to help out a tad. And right now, in terms of over eight, it's actually college basketball that has passed by the NBA. Because with the NBA, we have seen these totals really make some quantum shifts forward. Because in the NBA, it was not commonplace at all for there to be a total of 250 up until I would say about two and a half or so months ago. And if you take a look at the board for Monday, we had one total that was below a 220. It used to be that your boilerplate total in the NBA would be like a 216, 218. And that's just a shift that we've been able to have. Like Milwaukee taking down Detroit by kind of 122 to 113, total of 235 points. Like in any other year, that would be a very easy over. But this year, that total is set more around 247 half, 248. So certainly those moves have been made there, and we shall see if college is going to be able to fall suit as we are taking a look at totals that we're getting in basketball. Right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And typically for myself, this is a time of year where you start to see a little bit of familiarity take hold. Things start to slow down a little bit more, and teams in general are just figured out. We have not seen that at all. This year in college basketball. In college basketball, over the last seven days, this is with perhaps one or two games hanging in the balance for Monday. We did have a few games out there in like the big sky, the western part of the country in general. But that said, in terms of what we've all seen the last seven days in college basketball, north of 58% of games have went over the total. As a matter of fact, I get this from covers.com. A little bit lower than that. 57 half. Still, though, 187 overs, 138 unders. We had a few unders come through late on Monday to be able to skew that number just a little bit. But, I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous what we're seeing right now. And I always say this, when it comes to the bigger the sample size, the less variance typically you're going to have. We're up to, in college basketball, there having been north of 3,000 games played with regards to sides, totals, or totals, what have you, right now. 1,602 overs, 1,485 unders. That is just below a 52% hit rate to the over right now. And I mean, it's one of these cases where certainly the bookmakers have made an adjustment. I've noticed this very much so because typically in a typical college basketball year, 
boilerplate number would be right around 140 when you'd have sort of like that pick em line between two teams that would be relatively in the middle of everything. Average scoring team, average tempo, what have you. You'd typically set it at a 140. Now, that total is going up to more like a 144, 145. Heck, like the Cincinnati versus Kansas game that we saw go final a few minutes ago. Kansas, they get the win. They don't get the cover by a count of 74 to 69. In a normal year, in my opinion, that would be a total. That would be set about like 142, 143 would be landing right near that total. But in this case, the opener was 146, got bet up to a 147. You had to dodge some late game felling in that one. And if you like me at Cincinnati, that was a little bit of an almighty sweat towards the end of that one. But I do think that it is really interesting to see what we're getting on that front. And on top of that, we are seeing just... The way that the travel is taking hold of a lot of these teams as well, which is, in my opinion, perhaps leading to a few more blows, and that is leading to a lot more scoring as well. Because when you get these games late in them, you have these big giant just discrepancies. You've got teams down 20. You've got teams down 25. Unlike in past years, where in college basketball, team would put in the walk-ons with two, three minutes remaining, something like that. They're still trying to score points because a 25-point win and a 28-point win, when it comes to the net, not weighted equally. Offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, it all goes into this metric. And while in the NBA, it's just flat-out guys being really, really good. It's the old philosophy that we hear in the NFL, bigger, faster, stronger. In the NBA, it is about being quicker. It is all about having more efficiency with your shots. So sort of the same model there. But when it comes to college basketball, the changes that we have seen to the net, I do think have caused for a few more blowouts and just a few more games in general that they do get a little bit out of control. Like you saw Cincinnati and Kansas. That was a game that was like a seven-point game with about 15 to 20 seconds remaining. And yet Cincinnati still trying like heck to be able to make this a five-point game, what have you. And I do think that that's a little bit of change that we've been seeing in college basketball this season. That has been causing for a lot of these overs. And in terms of Kansas, with them being really the marquee team that played on Monday, Sands, North Carolina. North Carolina, all of a sudden, by the way, playing some defense, a top 30 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Really warms your heart after what you saw in recent years. But for Kansas, another non-cover for them at home. And I do think that it's going to be intriguing to watch them moving forward because the trends of Kansas being able to win like all these straight-up games on Big Monday, them being able to win following a loss under Bill Self, those are all trends that hold true, but they have been getting a little bit overvalued in the market. Would like to see them perhaps be able to get a little bit more from their ancillary pieces. Johnny Furphy seems to be stepping up for them quite a bit. And if you're looking at frontline talent and frontline talent, having Kevin McCullough, Hunter Dickinson, along with just having someone like a Rice, guys like this. You've been having a lot of facilitation and you've been having a lot of just good, crisp offense with this team for the front half of the team. It is going to be interesting to see how they're able to mesh moving forward if they're able to get those ancillary production. But we always get production from this man, Tom Cunningham. He does great work over at SBR, a.k.a. Sportsbook Review. And we're taking a look at the NFL playoffs with him next on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have not already, check out the new VSN.com. It's a fresh look. You're able to get around just a whole heck of a lot easier. I know that they've made it easier for finding my college basketball handicap lines on there. It's got its on own nice little tab under betting tools and so much more. It's expanded with regards to educational content. So just go on over to VSIN.com today and check out the fresh design. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, always great to be joined by this man, Tom Cunningham. He does absolutely tremendous work over at SBR, a.k.a. Sportsbook Review. And Tom, I know we're talking a little everything tonight and just the way we like it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. And, well, we are going to be talking a little bit of everything. We'll talk some Australian Open. We'll talk some Oscars. We got to lead off first things first with the important stuff, the NFC and the AFC title game. And first things first, let's take a look at what we're getting in terms of the Ravens and the Chiefs. This will be the first time in, I believe, six years that the Chiefs are not hosting the AFC title game. But here they are. They find themselves in it once again. And right now, in a lot of places, they're a three and a half point underdog. Juice is going to vary just a little bit, but this was an opener of three. Total is between 44 and 44 and a half. How do you navigate this sort of line? And what sort of trends do you have with regards to both of these teams? Because both of these teams have been able to do a solid job but be able to get here in the playoffs. Yeah, so we'll just start with the money line market. Uh, Kansas City, they're really good as underdogs. They've won five straight games as an underdog. And then you look at Baltimore, they're really good as favorites. They've won six straight games as a favorite. So it's tough to say. I know last week I came on the show and said Baltimore, they've lost seven straight home games in the month of uh, January. So now it would be they've lost seven of eight at, coming off the win. So I'm not sure I would, you know, back that trend too much. So the money line's a bit tricky. Uh, I think the point total, let's just start there. 49 points are basically scored per game in Baltimore this season. You mentioned the total is 44 and a half. I think you go over that. And then you're looking at some of the trends here. The overs hitting four or five head to heads between these two teams. Baltimore, they've gone over in four of six home games. And I know all season we've been saying the Chiefs are under machines, especially at home. But on the road, they actually go over a lot. They're actually over uh, in four of their last five road games. So although the Chiefs technically go under a lot, it's mainly at home. And anytime they hit the road, they tend to go over. So I think going over 44 and a half is perfectly fine. Again, you're getting 49 points per game in Baltimore this season. So you're getting a few points there if you decide to go over the point total. But then we can go to the ATS market. And you mentioned three and a half. I think taking the Chiefs with the points is perfectly fine. I could see this being a field goal game. Maybe Justin Tucker hits, uh, you know, one, one, you know, for history. So I think the ATS is perfectly fine for the Chiefs. You look at some of the trends. They're actually on a 4-0 ATS run right now. They're on a 10-0 ATS run when they're facing the AFC on the road as an underdog. And so, you know, it's not often the Chiefs are road underdogs. Uh, they are in this situation. They were last week, and they covered the spread. So I think that's perfectly fine. Then the head-to-head -head, uh, matchups, the underdogs covered three of those four games. So a lot is pointing towards Kansas City being able to cover this game in Baltimore. Again, I think the point total going over would probably be my first play. But, uh, you know, I'm equally uh, as convinced in the ATS market here. So over 44 and a half, Kansas City uh, plus three and a half. Those are kind of what the trends are leaning towards right now. And I know that a trend that you're looking at is a likely trend. The fact that <laughs> Isaiah likely was able to get a touchdown last week and I know you're taking a look at your numbers right now, plus 175 in terms of him for any time touchdown. 
Yeah, that was nice there. Uh, yeah, likely uh, he scored a touchdown in four straight home games, uh, plus 175. I think why not? Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, he loves his tight ends. Mark Andrews in the mix or Isaiah Likely. That seems not to matter. Um, and, you know, as a former quarterback, I get it. Yeah, tight ends are big bodies running across the middle of the field. So, you know, I understand that they're easy targets. So I like likely a touchdown, four straight home games, plus 175. And then, Greg, kind of going to some other player prop markets uh, into the yards over under. You look at Patrick Mahomes, he's getting 244 and a half passing yards in this game. I think that could go over. He's hit 275 in his last five conference championship games, uh, this being his sixth. So I think that's, that's one you might want to eye. And then Lamar Jackson on the ground. He is 95 or more rushing yards in four straight games when playing as a favorite in January. He's getting 60 and a half. So I think maybe you look at the quarterbacks in player props as well. Look at the yard totals uh, for Mahomes. I'd look at his passing yards. And uh, for Lamar Jackson, I'd look at his rushing yard total. Now, I need to know when you were playing quarterback as well, because you threw that in there very, very casually. And now I'm very intrigued. Uh, it's... Uh, Wide receiver, quarterback, high school, then flag football, college, so nothing, uh, nothing important. <laughs> Dang, I was hoping that you'd have a story much like myself being on the Oshkosh bowling team back yeah. in the day, and we are rolling on with Tom Cunningham, who does great work over at Splash Sports right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and if we've got time, we'll hit another prop or two from this game, but we certainly do need to take a look at what we're getting on the NFC side of things. That'd be the San Francisco 49ers playing us to the Detroit Lions with the Lions they open up in a lot of spots, more around the seven range, and we're actually seeing a six half or two popping up right now. This is a number that every time it's gotten to six half, it's gotten bought back really everywhere other than Circa. Right now, hanging a seven, which Circa is right now at a six half. Total on this game is 51. How do you evaluate this one and that critical number being right there of seven? Yeah, I saw seven and a half when the line first opened, which I thought was interesting because this should be a lot closer than a touchdown i would expect it to be the way detroit's playing and the way san francisco is playing quite frankly uh just looking at some these trends looking at the ats markets that's the one i'm keen on i do like detroit at plus seven if you can get seven and a half somewhere great uh if you know if you're looking at six and a half try to get that seven uh but looking at the trends here uh detroit they're eight and one ats as an underdog they're four and one ats in their last five games on the road. And you look at San Francisco, they've actually failed to cover the spread in five straight home games, which bleeds into this next trend, which is that San Francisco, they've seen the road team cover a staggering 11 straight games, Greg. Um, and we know the ATS darling that Detroit is that has dated back to nearly two years now. So I like Detroit to cover. I think the spread is uh, massively miscued at six and a half and seven. I could see this be, I mean, I could see Detroit winning this outright. I'm not going to be that courageous, though. Uh, I mean, San Francisco at home, they're serial winners. They've won 17 of 18 home games against the NFC. They've won, um, you know, countless games uh, at Levi's. So I'm not ready to say Detroit can pull it off, but I think the seven is, a, is very unkind. So I would probably lean towards Detroit covering the spread. And I think that it is going to be really interesting to see how Jared Goff plays in this game as well, because... He, in the beginning part of his career, was playing out there in the great state of California, and we know the splits for him when it comes to playing outdoors versus playing indoors, but that much more is playing in colder weather, and as we know in San Francisco, like, it has the same weather like almost every single week out of the year. I know that my father has traveled there a little bit for travel. It's like, yeah, it's the same in, like, February as it is in October and everything like that. So how do you take a look at his passing prop? Right now, seeing that at a lot of places, right in the neighborhood, about 259 and a half, depending upon your book. Yeah, it's funny that baseball players say the coldest night in baseball is uh, San Francisco at night. And they could tell you that that Bay Area gets pretty cold at night. Um, so we'll see how he handles it. But Derek Goff, uh, he's on a roll lately. I'm looking at his passing yard total here for player props. 259 and a half is what he's getting. Uh, he's hit 270 in four straight uh, games, Greg. So I don't see why he couldn't go over that. Now it is possible he, you know, he has a bad game because San Francisco has got pretty good defense. But based off what Jordan Love was able to do uh, in the divisional round game, I would expect Jared Goff to go there with a lot of motivation. This team is hungry. Uh, I would be afraid if I'm San Francisco. Detroit looks really, really good. So I think going with Jared Goff over his passing yard total is perfectly fine. Then with the Lions, might as well stick with David Montgomery here. He's getting 44 and a half. He's hit 55 rushing yards or more in five straight road games. So I might want to look at him as well. 
Yep, absolutely. And when it comes to George Kittle, I know that you've got a little bit on him as it feels like he's gotten a little bit forgotten about in the last 18 or so months <laughs> because he was one of the big weapons last time the 49ers made the Super Bowl. But with having all that we have seen out of Chris McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, what have you, it feels like sometimes he hides in plain sight. He does. I think people kind of forget he kickstarted San Francisco's offense with that touchdown in the divisional round game. Uh, got things really going. And so I look at George Kittle here. He's getting 57 and a half uh, yards for his over under in the player prop market. He's hit 65 in six straight home games as a favorite. And I will say this Detroit's defense, they've played really good in spurts. Um, they haven't really played full, full, four full quarters of really great defense. Um, so I could see them playing maybe a quarter or two of great defense, maybe starting the game hot. You might get worried, but I do expect George Kittle to uh, to go over that receiving yard total in Levi Stadium. Um, the San Francisco team is just really, really difficult to beat. So, you know, quite frankly, I wouldn't be against betting any of these San Francisco player props. But the one that does stand out uh, for me is George Kittle to hit. What was it? Fifty seven and a half. I think him going over that is perfectly fine. And then we've got about 30 seconds here. I know that one other prop you're looking at is Patrick Mahomes and his passing yards. Yeah, um, again, this is the conference championship game. Again, this is his sixth straight conference championship game, which Insane. I think is kind of overlooked in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, he's hit the uh, the passing yard total 275 in five straight conference championship games. So you're getting him at 244 and a half. I think I go over that. Absolutely. And something that I'm always going to take is a great chat with Tom Cunningham, who does great work over at SBR, aka Sportsbook Review. And coming up next, we're going away from the gridiron and we're going in to some tennis. We're going down under there and taking a look at the Oscars as well as it's a big day for movies coming up next right here on the Great Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Put the VEASAN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. You're able to sign up on a VSIM Pro annual subscription and get your first year for just $199 by utilizing the promo code of this show, which is Greg, G-R-E-G. Get access to everything on our brand new vsim.com website, plus our daily best bets with a leaderboard to let you see which vsim expert has hot and betting splits to let you see where the money and the bets are moving on every single game, betting systems, premium analysis, 24-7 video access, and so much more. Plus, you've got our upcoming Super Bowl betting guide with best bets and favorite player props as well. Remember, utilize that promo code Greg to get your first year of VSIM Pro for just $199 and you're able to sign up over at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by Tom Cunningham. He does absolutely tremendous work over at SBR, aka Sportsbook Review. And Tom, let's talk about what we're getting right now in the Australian Open as Coco Goff, just before we did the segment, she was able to move on and she was able to get the job done. And I do think that the real intrigue right now is on the women's side of things. We've talked about this with the men's side of things. It's Carlos Alcaraz, it's Novak Djokovic, and everyone else is fighting for third. We shall see if someone like Yannick Sinner is able to rise up. But yeah, it's relatively top-heavy in the men's side of things. Meanwhile, on the women's side of things, it does feel like it's pretty wide open. And it did feel like Coco Goff was getting a little bit of short shrift coming into the tournament, even though she had already won the U.S. Open. And right now, she's been having a really good showing. Yeah, it's been a bloodbath on the women's side of things. Uh, it's been, you know, countless seeds getting eliminated, quite frankly. And Coco has been one of the few survivors. Sabalenka, another one. So Coco was getting, you know, she was getting eight to one odds to win this event before it started, which I thought was a joke. Uh, as you mentioned, coming off a U.S. Open win, I think she's clearly solidified herself as part of a big four in tennis, let alone a big three now. And so you're seeing her odds shrink. Uh, I don't know what her odds are now. She just won. She literally just won a match. But we told you last week to hedge her and Sabalenka. Um, and the reason being Sabalenka was getting four to one odds and Coco was getting five to one odds at the time. And now Sabalenka is the favorite. Uh, I see her at plus 140 and then Coco right behind her. So the reason you want to hedge this is because Sabalenka and Coco Goff, more than if Sabalenka wins her match tonight, which she should, they will face off in the semifinals. The thinking process there is that the winner of that match should take the Australian Open. The top half has been completely cleared out. 
And so, you know, that that's wide open, the top half of the bracket. The bottom half should feature the winner, which is basically the winner of Sabalenka, Coco Golf. So if you hedge those two earlier, you're in great shape. Looking at the odds right now, uh, you could probably still get away with it. You, you won't get great value. And then again, one of them do actually have to cross the finish line, uh, which I, I do expect them to do. Now, there is one long shot. There's always a long shot, right? So there is one long shot here uh, that you should probably take a look at, and that is in the top half of the bracket. And she plays tomorrow, and I don't think a lot of people know her name. That's Diana Yastremsky, and I hope I'm pronouncing that last name pr uh, properly. But she's from Ukraine, and earlier in the tournament, we suggested taking a long shot play on Alina Svitolina um, from the Ukraine as well, playing with that inspiration. And you see, you saw three Ukrainian women get to the round of 16, Svitolina, Yastremska, and the woman who just lost to Coco Goff, Markostyuk. And I think you're starting to see this, this fight out of some of these Ukrainian women tennis players. And so I think looking at Yastremsky here, I think that's a good play in terms of the motivation, the inspiration, and the fight. She came from the qualifiers, Greg. She played in three three-set uh, qualifying matches just to get into the Australian Open. Then she's taken out names like Marketa Vondrasova. Uh, she took out um, she took out Victoria Azarenka, a two-time champion here at the Australian Open. She took her out. She took out Emma Navarro, a rising American. So you're starting to see this fight come from her. And she also has a trend. You know, I like trends. She is the underdog in all these matches that she's winning. She's now seen the underdog win five of her last six matches, and she's going to be the underdog against 19-year-old Linda Neskova, who won uh, as a walkover against Svitolina, who got hurt in 20 minutes. So I think looking at a long shot, you might want to take her odds. Um, and again, it is a long shot. I don't expect it to hit. But the way she's playing, the way she's fighting, uh, the form she's currently in and the trends that support her as an underdog winning, I think are perfectly fine to back. So if you miss the hedge bet on Coco, Ariana, you might be able to still take it. Uh, and then I do like Yavstremska as a long shot pick on the top half of the bracket. Yep, I like that as we have seen just so many of these top seeds in tennis go down. It's Sabalenka, it's golf, and then it's everyone else. So we shall see what we get there. As joining me on the show, we do have Tom Cunningham. He does great work over at Splash. He does great work over at SPR, EK Sportsbook Review. Joining me right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And when it comes to the men's side of things, it's very much Novak Djokovic <laughs> at the top at a plus 110. Carlos Alcaraz is a plus 225. And then I know that you've been a little bit high on Yannick Sinners right now, finding himself at a plus 425. How do you take a look at the men's side of things as of right now? And do you think that Sinner has a shot to be able to do this? I do. Um, now, he played really well at the ATP Finals to end last season in turn. That was an indoor hard court. So I don't know, maybe he gets lucky and they close the roofs if it starts raining. In Australia, he loves that indoor surface a lot more than the outdoor hardcore surface. It just fits his game better. But he's playing really well now. He has a really tough test against Andre Rublev tonight. If he can get by that, which I expect him to do so, uh, I really like Yannick Sinner to be a name outside of Alcaraz and Djokovic to win this thing. I think he's ready. Uh, he seems locked in. He's been playing marvelous tennis for a few months now. Uh, really unbeatable tennis. And look, Novak, he's Novak. He does really well at the Australian Open, but he does have a lingering wrist injury uh, he suffered during the United Cup that has carried over into here. And so, you know, it's just something to watch. I think Sinner could take him out. Um, I still think Novak is the guy to beat, uh, as Rick Flair would say, to be the man. You got to beat the man. And so until that happens, this is Novak's to lose. But I do like Yannick Sinner, especially at plus 425. You're going to get some value for him there. And if he beats Andre Rublev, I would expect that to dip probably to three to one odds, maybe even south of that. So if you would like center, take him now. Um, it should be between him and Novak. I like center more than Alcaraz. So that would be my play. I think go with center. I am always a sucker for a good Ric Flair line. Woo. So <laughs> that is something that I do appreciate. And I think that it should be really interesting to see what we get on the men's side of things as well. But we've got to give you a few minutes and we'll just clear out and let you take it from here with regards to Oscars because I know that there's a lot that you're taking a look at because the uh, main markets in terms of like Best Picture, Best Director, those have been up for quite a while. But now we're getting those ancillary markets like Best Hair and Makeup, Best Song coming on and you're seeing a lot of value with a lot of things that you're probably still able to get plus money on, unlike what we're going to be seeing in Best Picture with, let's call it what it is, the big movie of the year just absolutely running away with it. 
Yeah, those popular markets have been out for some time. So all the value is gone. People have been betting on them. Um, you know, Divine Joy Randolph opened at plus 160 for best supporting actress. He's now minus 600. So you really do have to jump on some of these early. And the reason we're bringing this up now is because tomorrow morning, the Academy will release their nominations for the Oscars. When that happens, all of these books will be dropping odds for all of these markets. And you want to hop on them as early as possible. You know, if best documentary odds come out and you go through all the documentaries, the odds will have changed by them. You want to attack this market as soon as it opens, quite frankly. So just going through some of these categories, best visual effects, I'll start there. For me, Godzilla minus one, you might want to write down in circle. If it gets nominated, look at its odds. If it has plus value, I'd probably hop on that. Cinematography, I expect it between uh, Maestro and Poor Things. I know Brian's loving Oppenheimer as well. If Oppenheimer's getting minus value, maybe look at Poor Things or Maestro for plus value in cinematography. And then uh, real quickly, makeup hairstyle. Again, Maestro, Poor Things, I would circle those two films as well. I think it's going to be between those two as well. The best animated market. This is going to be interesting. I think Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the best animated film, but The Boy and the Heron has been winning some precursor award shows for best animated movie. I say you go with whatever's plus value. If animated film market opens with Spider-Man as the favorite, I say take a flyer on Boy Heron. If Boy Heron opens as the favorite, I say you take a flyer on Spider-Man. Go with the plus value that opens in the best animated film market. Best song, uh, I think What Was I Made For will open as the favorite from Billie Eilish and Barbie. I like John Batiste. It never went away. I could see him getting 25 to 1 odds and actually winning as a long shot at the Academy. So just circle best song. What was I made for? Should be the favorite, uh, but it never went away. If it gets nominated, I would definitely look at those odds. And then last but not least, Greg, best documentary. I think there's four uh, that are really good, but 20 Days in Marapool would be the one that I bet when it comes out, uh, when you know it gets revealed as a nominee and the market comes out. I would look at the odds for 20 Days in Marapool. To me, that is going to win Best Documentary. Um, there's some others as well, but I don't want to mix people up too much, and we'll just stick with that one. Uh, 20 Days in Marapool should be the winner for Best Documentary. So highlight those, circle those names, categories, what have you. 8 a.m. Eastern Time, nominees will be announced, and markets will open, so you need to hop on them early, kind of like Black Friday. Get on it early. So if you're out there on the West Coast, make yourself a cup of coffee. And if you're listening to the replay of this fine program, well, it's going to be up sooner rather than later. And Tom, <laughs> you always do great work over there at SBR, taking a look at so many trends across all sports, along with taking a look at everything on the movie front as well. And we always appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. Always great to have Tom Cunningham aboard. Always nice to talk a little movies as well. And always great to talk some college basketball. And we're going to do that next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs and is bringing you an offer that'll make the NFL playoffs all the more electrifying as new customers can place a bet of $5 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code VSIN when you do. That is only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code of VSIN because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Certainly, we're going to be talking plenty of NFL tonight. We're going to be hitting that in the next two hours. But we've also got a lot of games that are going down on Tuesday because the downfall of the NFL is the fact that they will not be playing these games on Tuesday. They will be playing these games on Sunday. So, got to make you guys some money in the meantime. And we've got a good college basketball slate. 32 games in total. Nothing on the Oscar Games board, which means that you've got a whole bunch of games that that are looking at marquee teams and how about if we take a look at this one because I do think that what we're going to be getting in the SEC is going to be very interesting moving forward and this is a number that is on the move it's 627 628 on the board Kentucky it's the road they're facing off against South Carolina South Carolina opens up as a four-point underdog now we're seeing mostly four and a halfs with a few fives popping up and your total on this game is between 154 and 155 and I did think that this opened up a little bit short. Personally, I made my number five. So if you're looking to bet Kentucky, you probably want to do it right now. And you probably wanted to try to get the four, if at all humanly possible. I knew that that was not going to be out there for too long. And I do think that Kentucky is the superior team. I would say if you've got a choice between laying it now with Kentucky versus trying to take it a little bit later because I set my number at five, I would much rather just lay the four and a half right now because with Kentucky, even though this team, I do think that they're going to see some shooting regression. They are shooting north of 40% from three-point range this far this season. Top 10 mark in all of college basketball. And they are a team that they shoot north of 42% from three-point range at home. This is more around about 35.5% in a road slash record environment. But a good elixir to that and being able to maintain good offense is by not turning the ball over. Kentucky is a top 16 in all of college basketball in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis. And for South Carolina. Name of the game for them is going to be slowing things down. Kentucky has been playing at warp speeds. Top 75 in the country in terms of total possessions per game. South Carolina, bottom 75 in the country in terms of total possessions per game. For South Carolina, it's more of a holes greater than the sum of its parts approach. They bring in a transfer from Minnesota, Lawrence Morris State, and Taylor Cooper. It's been able to give you an assist to turnover ratio of nearly four, but they just don't have the athletes, in my opinion, to match up with this Kentucky team. B.J. Mack truck is right around six foot eight. He's able to give you a few boards. He's able to shoot it well from three-point range. But for Kentucky, they've now got Big Z in the fold. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his full name because I will probably butcher it, and that would be not so great. But I mean, he stands worth of seven feet tall. You saw him in the game against Georgia. Was able to bury a bunch of threes. Got good versatility. You saw Aaron Bradshaw was able to dominate things down low. You need him to pop a few threes. He's able to do that for you as well. I just think that South Carolina is simply outgunned in this spot. And I was talking a little bit about trends about 45 minutes ago to open up the show and what we've all been seeing with overs. Something else that we've been seeing, these home underdogs are just getting simply slaughtered right now in college basketball. If you look at the last seven days, home underdogs are 44-59-2 against the spread. It is absolutely ridiculous what we've seen because typically this is the time of year where you get these unranked home underdogs on a short line against the highly ranked team and they come through every time. That is not the case this year. Even the home favorite that is unranked going up against the ranked road team, that hasn't been as hot this year as it has been in past years. So I do find that to be a little bit intriguing as well. It's a South Carolina team that also does a good job of being able to value the ball. And this is a Kentucky team that there's no question about it. They are much stronger with regards to their offense rather than their defense. This is still a pretty rock-solid defense, but in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, doesn't compare to the fact that they are a top-15 team in all of college basketball with regards to points scored. I do think that this game is going to be slowed down. I do think that a South Carolina team that 
ranks right around about 150th with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. It's not great. It's not terrible. They're going to be able to do an okay job of being provide a little bit of a speed bump here. And I do ultimately think that this game gets slowed down. So I'm willing to take a look at the under. But just with the way that Kentucky values the ball, even though it's a bad scheduling spot, I do think that they've got enough talent to be able to get the job done. So I'm willing to lay the four and a half that we see right now with Kentucky and with the total sub nine at a 153. So here north of 154, looking at the under as well as we are diving in on this Tuesday college basketball card right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And when it comes to this game out there in the ACC, I think the number has just gone a little bit too high. This is 635, 636 on the board. This is another blue blood that is on the road and is a pretty sizable favorite. This one much more so than the previous one. Duke on the road facing off against Louisville. Louisville is an underdog of 14 points. Totals between 150 and 151. And this is a Louisville team that is still pretty deplorable. I'm not going to lie, but they've honestly been able to do a better job recently. For Louisville, they were able to get that really nice road win against Miami a few weeks ago. You've got Brandon Huntley Hatfield who's able to give you right around eight, eight is able to give you right around eight and a half rebounds per game. So these guys have been able to do a solid job. And then you've got a Duke team that they are currently dealing with a whole bunch of injuries right now. They should have a lot of their main guys out there in the full, but Mark Mitchell's a game time decision. Jeremy Roach is going to be a game time decision as well. The way that I typically play it with this is typically you go about 50 50. Let's say that between Mitchell and Roach, you award four and a half points to the spread. We're just spitballing a number here. You maybe take off half of that because I do think that even if you do have both of these guys playing, they're probably not going to be at 100%. You've already made a little bit of an adjustment. If something unforeseen happens and both are out of the fold, you make a little bit of an adjustment. If both guys go, once again, probably not going to be 100%. That's already accounted for. So I do think that that's a good way of being able to go about it here. But a man that is going to go and a man that is probably going to pulverize a little bit is Kyle Filipowski. He's shooting north of 40% from three-point range. He's been able to supply the team with 17-plus points, 8-plus rebounds. He has been absolutely tremendous for a Duke team that has really been efficient this year. They're only turning the ball over about 9.2 times for contest. It is a Duke team that has also been really able to go bombs away from three-point range. Duke is a top-40 team in all of college basketball with regards to their three-point shooting percentage as well, so they've been able to do a tremendous job with that aspect, and they really don't suffer as much of a drop-off on the road as I was talking about a little bit before with Kentucky, and it is interesting that Louisville just really hasn't gotten much of a bump from their home crowd thus far this season, but they have been able to get a nice bump from Mikey James, who's now shooting north of 40% from three-point range, has been really excellent for the team recently. He's gotten to at least 15 points in four of the team's last five games. He's been a big reason why this team, I'm not going to say has been tremendous by any stretch of the imagination, but they've been less sorry recently. Their offensive efficiency numbers are going in the right direction. I do think that for Duke, they should be able to get it done, and Duke is the better team on the glass, but Brandon Unley Hatfield does a relatively solid job there. It's not a Duke team that's really going to be forcing the issue in terms of generating a lot of turnovers, which has been an Achilles heel for Louisville. So seeing this line of 14, I think that has went a little bit too far. This is a Duke team that has been very solid with their defense, and they've given up north of 70 points just two times really since the beginning of the month of December. I think that they're going to be able to do a solid job here against Louisville as well. So I did set my total more around a 147, especially with Duke. If you take a look at them in terms of total possessions per game, this is not the same Duke teams that we've seen in the past. John Shire has really slowed this team down. Total possessions per game, they're clocking in 223rd. So looking at the under in this spot and with regards to Louisville, I think they're catching just a point too many. I'm going to be willing to take the 14. I set my handy cap at 13 and when it comes to this team boy oh boy have they fallen on some tough times I'm talking 647 648 on the betting board Michigan it's a road face off against Purdue Purdue is a 17 and a half to an 18 point favorite and your total on this game is 152 and a half I think we've went a little bit too far here though I don't think we're overly far off I set my number at 16 and a half keep in mind for Michigan the uh, suspension of Doug McDaniel, it is active in this one with Mr. Doug. I mean, this is someone that is now suspended for road games. I have absolutely no idea how. 
that sort of suspension works. He's able to play for all the team's home games, but he's not able to play on the road. So Michigan is without their main point guard in the spot, which means that you're probably going to see a lot of Jalen Llewellyn, which is much of what we saw in their first game without Doug McDaniel when they were on the road against Maryland. And that's a game that you may recall. It was Sloppy Joe's. 64-57, Michigan lost that game. Honestly, the defense played relatively solid, but I do think that we need to take that with quite a bit of a grain of salt because that's against a Maryland team that they have not been good with their offense, to say the least. And it is a Michigan team that you've got Terrence Williams along with Olivier Kalmok combining for about 29.5 points. They're able to pop it from three-point range, but this is a Michigan team that they have been getting just completely cooked on defense. They're outside the top two are in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. They're allowing teams to really bomb it from three-point range. You're not doing a good job of being able to clean up the glass. Will Shetter has honestly been one of your lone bright spots for Michigan, and that's not great to say the least. Going up against a Purdue team that is shooting as a collective 39.5% from three. Giant of the Earth is actually Edie should be able to win the battle down low, but I do think that with having Bataniel out of the fold, they're going to be looking to slow things down a little bit more. I do think that Michigan is going to get gash for their points, but I think we've went a little bit too far. I'm going to be willing to take 18 here, and with regards to this total, set my more around a 154.5 as well, so looking at the over, and we're going to get you guys my DK Network right up pick for this College Basketball Tuesday next on the Greg Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.